welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. Definitely won't be another dull nil-nil draw, they said. Sure to be goals this time, they said. What went wrong? That wasn't that wasn't in the script. Uh, we'll chat about the Steel City derby in a little bit. So three home games in a row now on the road for the next couple. We'll look ahead to the trips to Derby and to Bolton. Um, as ever, we'll get Steve Bruce on and very timely Liam Palmer a bit later, of course. Our opinions last time was about whether Liam Palmer should get a new contract. We'll get the results of that in a bit. First, though, the United game. Don, what did you make of it? It was a tactical, nervy derby. And without sort of trying to sound like Jurgen Klopp, I do actually think that the uh, the weather and the uh, conditions did play a bit of a part. I think the, the heavy rain in the first half uh, didn't help it as a spectacle. But, yeah, I mean... the. the it was competitive, the tackles flew in, and I thought there were some very good individual performances from Wednesday. M- Michael Hector was yeah. man of the match. He got lucky, I think, in the first half. I didn't actually... It, it, this is the, the thing sometimes, that you, you don't always see incidents live. You, there, are in, there are bits that you will miss. Uh, and so I didn't I didn't actually spot or see myself about the whole grappling with Gary Medine from the corner. And he, he got away with one, but... Uh, no, otherwise, faultless performance from him. Liam Palmer, imperious, yeah, again, great left back. Yeah, arguably, he he probably shaded it for me, actually, I think, over Michael Hector, but right. uh, there wasn't much in it. And then I think if Sam Hutchinson had uh, taken that chance in the second half, oh. then he, he would have run it close. I mean, that was, that was the moment, wasn't it? The, the script was written, everything it was, was written. Just, oh, the, uh, it, it was typical Hutchinson, wasn't it? It was just the... The run, you know, 40 yards, he's gone there to, to get into the box. And then it's just anywhere other than straight know, at yeah. Dean Henderson. And he, that is he a He caught goal. it too well, didn't it? It's like if it had just come he off did. his shin or something, like what you'd expect to happen when Hutchinson's through on goal like that. You'd expect him to in some way kind of, you know, come flying off his backside or something. And it would probably have gone in if that was the case. He just caught it, caught it too well. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, th- to be fair, I, I sat with my, my friend and after the first kind of 20 minutes or so, I said, well, it's already more interesting than last time. Um, and from that exact moment onwards, it was quite boring for the rest of the game. But I thought it actually started out, it started off pretty uh, pretty well. Um, I think Steve, I mean, both managers said it, it was a game that just lacked that bit of quality. And and, and there's no real arguing with, with that. I think, you know, we'd all say the same, that it was a game that, um, you're quite right, it was kind of... You know, Tactically, the two teams sort of nullified each other. Um, there were, you know, clearly the midfield was it, it was tight. There was no one that really stood out. Hutch had a great game, um, but you know, it was it was it was just lacking that that little bit of quality. You could tell there was a lot riding on it. There was a nervousness I felt from both teams, and uh, I don't know about you. I mean, I, I, the, I, the actual atmosphere. Before kickoff, I, I, I had goose gum, goosebumps yeah, myself. Yeah. I was nervous before it even started. Uh, you know, because there was an expectation around this game that it's got to be better than the two derbies. Both teams are going into it in good form and with plenty to play for. And of course, if Wednesday got the win, four points gap between them and the playoffs, it really is on. Uh, and Sheffield United going for top two. And like you say, they cancelled each other out in the end. I think for Wednesday, it was a blow that Forestieri went off at half-time. And it's not as if it's not a like-for-like replacement in George Boyd. Mm -hmm. So they had to change things in the second half. But yeah, that was it, really. Lack of quality. And there was only one good chance apiece. Uh, in the game, and you know, Gary Medine had that header, you know, early on, and I think it, that's what it needed, really. I think it needed an early goal for it to have maybe opened up a bit more. Yeah, it it it, it probably did. It got to a point, you know, you kind of partway through the second half where you just kind of think, ah, yeah, this is going to be nil nil. You, you could just tell that it was a game neither team wanted to lose, and and that kind of overtakes, doesn't it, any desire of either team to, to win it, really. And um, I don't think, yeah, I mean, a, a, a draw probably suited Wednesday better than it suited United, but then it's not a bad result for United either, is it? I think, you know, playing mm-hmm. a team who were in form like Wednesday were, a couple of home wins in, in the week leading up to it. Um, so, yeah, all things considered, yeah, I suppose both teams fairly pleased with that. Yeah, I thought the reaction that I had from sort of the United camp was, I think deep down, is that they're quite happy to have got that one out of the yeah. way. 
Um, and you look at the rest of their running, they've only got to play, I think, two of the sort of top six um, left of their 11 games. So they're going to really fancy their chances if they finish the season strongly of, of being in the top two. Whereas that's it. I, I said it last week that I felt Wednesday had to win uh, against United, and especially with the way results had gone over the weekend. That you know, that was a big chance to, again, yeah. apply some serious pressure and then make this upcoming match with Derby, you know, huge for, for both teams. Whereas, yeah, I think they've, they've let the rivals off their hook a little bit with two points, but let's not, you know, let's not be too sort of negative about it. The fact of the matter is that Wednesday played three home games in a row and have got seven points. Yeah. So they should be very happy with that wow. return. We'd, we'd have taken that going into these three games, wouldn't we? And, 100%. Um, you know, only conceding one goal, scoring whatever it was, five altogether. Was it five? Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you'd take that absolutely, wouldn't you? To be honest, I think most fans, if we're honest with ourselves, we'd probably have taken, if you'd have said, right, a point against United and a clean sheet, you think that there's a couple of really good boxes that are ticked there. Definitely, yeah. Um, and so also, it's considered, it's all right. Different to the last two Steel City derbies as well, where uh, it's felt at times it's been backs to the wall and it's been about defending and resolute, yeah. whereas actually Wednesday they tried to go toe-to-toe with United uh, and uh, there was a lack of quality from both teams and it was a game of few chances, but yeah. it actually felt that the gap had closed a little bit and Wednesday they looked in better shape than they have done for some time, as, yeah. we've, as we've said on the last couple of podcasts. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. Um, I thought there was a more con- a more cautious feel to Wednesday. You noticed a couple of players who, in the previous couple of games, and I'm particularly probably thinking, I'm probably thinking fullbacks here, I'm looking probably at Dominic Iorfa, um, who, when he got the ball and there was an opportunity to run forward, he'd tend to check backwards. Um, and I just thought, I'm, I'm not necessarily going to say it was a bit negative, but you could tell that they're being given instructions there to just err on the side of caution rather than going for it I think being caught on the break was obviously something that Steve Bruce was very very wary of um, and he'd, he'd briefed the um, the troops uh, accordingly I, I got that though to some extent as you know how well went you know, United play their formation with their wing backs and then the overlapping centre halves that maybe uh, you have to rein in the full backs and you're asking the wingers to I, I would apart, I'd say the same thing what you've just done about Rolando Aarons that he's whipped in that glorious cross for the Sam Hutchinson chance but we, we didn't see enough of him as an attacking force Wednesday they didn't get either him or Adam Reach on the other side you know, on the ball enough to actually influence things and make things happen yeah, that's 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 probably true. Um, it just seems like the first game for a little while where you've had that kind of groaning from the crowd when a player's turning backwards rather than going forwards. Um, not to any great extent, but it was. It's like after a few games without that, it, it was just kind of. I'm not going to say it was you know, harping back to uh, to the bad old days at, at all, but I just kind of picked up on that that there was definitely a more cautious um, cautious feel. And um, Forestieri going off, so we know that he picked up a hamstring injury. Um, I don't know if. Have you heard anything more on on that? I think it's unlikely that Fernando Forestieri is going to play this weekend, right. and I think there's a strong chance that he's going to be out for a number of matches, and that we're not going to see him until uh, certainly after the next international break, right. um, unless you know he recovers. If they got him off at half time, and Steve Bruce said that it was almost as a bit of a precaution because right. he was feeling it. Uh, then you know he's been assessed now for the last few days, uh, uh, so hopefully it's not as bad as first feared. But it's just it's just one thing after another for Fernando Forestieri. Uh, exactly what you said last week, isn't it? About his his recent career has just been stop start. Um, and to be fair, this time around it's not even got to the start bit, has it? You know he got the goal against Rotherham, then the sending off before he even had chance to take advantage of any confidence that he get from from that. And now we find ourselves back here where he's out for a few games and. Um, I know I gave him a bit of stick last week, but you've got a feel for the lad. He's just—he's not getting any lucky breaks at all, is he? He really isn't. No, he really isn't, and he should be heading into the peak years of his career. He's twenty-nine, and so uh, you know he would be looking at it and going, "This is when you'll see the best of me," and this is what we've been building up to. And then the last two years, it's been the serious knee operation that he had and now this is the third hamstring injury that he's had um, this year and actually moving forward that's that's going to be a real interesting one they're going to have to manage him because that's you know the hamstring it's breaking down three times in the space of 
four months. That's not good. So uh, they might have to come up with some sort of plan to try and get uh, on top of that one. Okay. Um, so it's kind of staying with the injuries theme. Um, I thought, I mean, Fletcher went down a couple of times. It kind of looked like he was maybe carrying a bit of a knock or something. He won a lot in the air, but I'd still kind of described him as having, by his standards, a bit of an off day. It wasn't really happening for him, I didn't think, on um, on Monday. And I actually think he just looked really tired. But we just don't have any options. And this is a bit of an issue now because, you know, playing on Monday, it's not like there's been a full week of recovery before we go out again tomorrow to play um, Derby. So... Um, it's um, it's an issue, this, isn't it? Because we just don't have options in that department. Up front is a big concern. Lucas Schwell, uh, he's not fit and ready. So that's Schwell, Forestieri, Gary Hooper, still not available. Sam Winnell, uh, it's emerged that you know he's, he's broken his nose and he's going to have to wear a mask. Sam Winnell possibly might be involved, but he hasn't really he hasn't featured at all yet under Steve Bruce. So he may get an opportunity. As what you're left with is two recognised strikers, mm-hmm. Stephen Fletcher and Atty Nuyu, uh, going into three games in a week. Who are quite similar players in a lot of a lot of ways. They're not players that you necessarily play. Together, chances are away from home. We're probably unlikely to be looking to start with, with two recognised strikers anyway. Um, but you, you do kind of feel if there's options there, uh, that that you know, we've got another two games in three days or or whatever coming up. Both away games, both difficult games in their own right. You'd be resting Fletcher for one of those in normal circumstances. Um, what I don't know what we do. I don't know what the answer to that is because Atty knew you. He's just not in good form. He's 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 not had he's not had a great season. Um, he's not taken his opportunities when he's when he's come off the bench. The, the, there isn't any indication to suggest that Steve Bruce sees something in him because he's he's, he's been kind of reluctant in on, in different circumstances. You'd have thought that Fletcher would have come off maybe earlier in that game on on Monday if he'd kind of had those other options. Well, he has been in good form, Steve Fletcher. So I think maybe Steve Bruce looked at it and was reluctant to make a change. Like I, I agree with what you were saying that I I think that. Um, he found it more difficult on Monday, and it compared to the previous two home games where he was excellent. I think yeah, it was it was a harder evening for Fletcher, but um, it will be fascinating to see what they do. Really, it might be Adam Reach has to come off the wing and maybe come into sort of the number ten position. Uh, Rolando Aaron's he played up front a fair bit in Czech Republic. He didn't enjoy it, right? But, uh, <laughs> but he might. But um, desperate times call for desperate measures, so they may have to look at that one. Uh, and also, Marco Mateus, Mateus, uh, his standout game of the season was in against Steve Bruce's Aston Villa when they won two one. He scored, uh, and he was exceptional along with Fletcher. So. I would think that Mateus may get a run out surely in the next couple of matches, assuming that we're not going to be seeing Hooper, Forestieri, Joao, uh, and who knows about Winnell's fitness yet. So, yeah, I, I would think that Mateus will come into the equation, but it's definitely not ideal that Wednesday without so many forwards. You've, you've got this situation as well, you know, football in 2019, you know, we're, we're talking about who's going to start these games and, and what we've got to remember is it's so much more than that. It's not just about those 11, it's about the options off the bench as well and that, that bench, with all due respect to those players, the bench on Monday looked really weak, you know, bringing George Boyd off the bench, he's not a game changer. I'm not a George Boyd fan um, and I've given him a bit of stick this season and I give him a bit of stick after Monday because I didn't think he did anything to kind of really influence that that game. Uh, but regardless, I think even George Boyd on a, on a good day, he's just not that kind of player that's going to come on and change a game. He's going to give you a solid performance at best. Um, and that that's, it's a concern this because, you know, going away from home, those kind of games against Derby, Bolton kind of, uh, they've had an awful week. And, and and if you know if 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 Phil Parkinson's got any sense, he's, he's using that to get the players riled up, and it's kind of us against the world thing for them now. So they're going to go out and really be fighting for their lives. That's going to be a physical game on 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 Tuesday night. I know we'll we'll talk more about the games that are coming up in a bit, um, but it just means we we really need some strength in depth, and we're miles away from having it. And um, there isn't other than you know uh, there's no signs of this happening, but other than maybe Steve Bruce looking to some of the younger players and bringing through a couple of players that have maybe been looking good. Um, playing at the academy levels um, obviously you see those games is there anyone that you've kind of thought is is ready to make that step up now I don't think so not at the moment and Steve Bruce I think with the amount of games that they've played 
uh, and he's still only been in the building for five weeks or so, uh, he he hasn't seen actually too many of them play matches. As Again, the under-23s games have clashed with when uh, there's been, say, a, you know, a press conference or whatever. So Steve Bruce, I, I would have thought there'd be limited amounts that he's seen some of these younger players. And, and, and up front, I don't think there's really anyone who I would say is knocking on the door. Um, Preslav Borokov hasn't uh, kicked on as much as people would have hoped over the last few months. Right. Uh, so I think last season and certainly the beginning of this year, the way he started, I think people were thinking under Yoss, oh yeah, there might be an opportunity where you you could get Borokov, you know, into the match day squad and ease him in and see see what he can do. But that's yeah, that's the issue at the moment. There's not really anyone knocking on the door, and I agree with you that strength and depth is is a big issue at the moment. There were only three attacking changes that really Steve Bruce could make the other day, which were George Boyd, Marco Mateus, and Atty Nuyu. Uh, and I think he would have loved to have had more at his disposal. It is actually a little bit funny that Steve Bruce, he, when he came in, what was the first thing he said? We've got too many strikers, <laughs> and now he's not got enough. That's it. It's Steve Bruce's fault. If he'd not have said that, none of this would have uh, none of this would have happened. Um, I, I'm sure there'll be people asking this question as they're at, her, at, at, at home listening to this. Gary Hooper, anywhere near? Gary Hooper is going to be playing hopefully with under 20 and under 23 matches over the next week or so right. I think Wednesday they've got a couple of games um, so yeah ideally when, you know, they want to get him playing but I, I think as I've said maybe last week we're still looking at way after the next international break I, he's going to have realistically seven to eight matches to try and earn a new contract or put himself in the in the shop window Fair enough. Um, let's hear from the uh, the big man then. Let's get the thoughts of Sheffield Wednesday manager Steve Bruce. Strikers that you have out in the minute, how confident are you that he'll be able to cope uh, in the next three games? Well, it's a frustration, Dom, uh, and uh, I'm probably like like everybody else. If you're a Sheffield Wednesday fan or whatever, you know we've got we've got six strikers, six strikers, five six strikers struggling with injury. I mean, Winnall will come back into the into the squad. Um, he's trained and and got a few ninety minutes under his belt and that, and uh, we'll see how he is. So he he'll come into the squad with us, and, and uh, so it's one's returning or thereabouts to return. Um, it's a frustration for us all, but that's where it is. You know, we have to get on with it. It's been the same now for the past few weeks now, maybe a few months, a few years. <laughs> so. In the minute, nothing's changed. Uh, going back to the, the game on Monday, you said there was a lack of quality on both sides, not mm. many chances. Mm. Uh, are you looking for more contributions from your midfield? In terms I think. Of well, I think both sets of midfield were pr- probably bypassed on Saturday. And how often have I said it, Dom? You know, big occasion. The game ends up being two teams up for the fight, but not really showing any quality with the ball. And, uh, and I think that goes for both teams. They're both, both of them really, you know, you couldn't you couldn't fault the commitment from either side, but both sides really lacked that real quality, um, which obviously you need to win a match, a derby match anyway. So we have to show a little bit more, of course, keep the same commitment and the levels of commitment, and then uh, hopefully show that bit more quality. In the last couple of days, Kieran Westwood, he's been included in the yeah, I'm delighted. I mean, he's a he's a very very good goalkeeper, a very good goalkeeper, and, and I think he's if he had anything to prove, he's just proved that over the last few weeks he's been he's been very very instrumental and you know what's he kept eight clean sheets out of the last thirteen or something? Is it hell of a record? And tomorrow you're going to have over three thousand Wednesday fans sold out that location. Down. Is that really? Yeah. <clears throat> well, I've always said. To be a big club, you need one thing, a big support. And we've got it. And we can't take that for granted. I think we all appreciate it. Certainly, the new lads who came to the club realised the other day of what a great site Hillsborough full is. My job to try and get us into a level where it's near enough full every week and, um, and bring that faith back. But it's great to see the supporters as... They're quite remarkable. Probably one of the big reasons why I'm sitting here. So uh, it's where I looked at, and I keep telling you, that day at Wembley, 
I've never seen anything quite like him. Forestieri, how is he today? He had a scan yesterday. Um, there's unfortunately, an, he's got a slight hamstring strain. Whether that is related back again is is what we're looking at. Um, just, just trying to find out. We don't think so, but obviously it's a it's a concern because unfortunately it keeps happening, which is uh, which is not great. Do you have an idea as to how long he might be no. in for? Unfortunately, no. We've got to just see and and uh, and get the scans read properly and and. Um, you know, if, if it was if it was just anybody else with a normal hamstring like he's got, you maybe say two three weeks. But with Fernando, it's a, unfortunately an ongoing problem which um, we've got to deal with. Uh, speaking of well, further injuries, Lucas Yao, where's he? Yeah, he's got a knee injury. Um, that's another one. You know, oh, we just have to. You've got it. Yeah. It must be exceptionally frustrating to. I mean, you you've been aware anyway, but the fact that it's continued for. Two, two months nearly now and that these things just aren't clearing. Yeah, it's a frustration, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> but you know, it's more frustrating for a player. The one thing that you don't want to be done when you're a football player is to be injured. It's the fact, it's the, it's the bane of your life. And mentally, you have to deal with it in your own way. <clears throat> and as I said, the club's had its fair share of long terms, which is a concern and a worry um, however, it is what it is, so I've got to try and fix it if I pro pro uh, possibly can. You uh, brought Fox back into the squad for the Derby match the other day. Is, is he available? He's fine, play? yeah, he's fine. He's fine, 100% fine, yeah. Good, so is he in the mind maybe to play just on a balanced thing? I know Palmer's been impressive in either full-back role, but Fox is a natural lefty. Well, that's what I get paid for. I've got to make them decisions. It's also Fox, he played very well when he was in the team and unfortunately had to come out. Um, but, as I said, Palms has played very well, Big Dom's played very, very well as well, so... Nice, and you've got a bit of competition, that's the, that's the competition which I would rather have. I'd rather have somebody fit and two or three people can play in certain positions. Um, it's better than the other way. Dare I ask if anybody else is a doubt for Derby tomorrow after the match on Friday? No, no, everybody's okay. Everybody else is okay. <laughs> for now. Twitchwood, yeah, for now. Uh, so, Derby County then is a, is a, is a challenge. You seem to have this odd February every year, <laughs> but then won the other day and got back to winning ways. Yeah, How I mean, they, they, they got back to winning ways, which is, do you know, in whether they're unfortunate, but they've always been, for the last five, six years, you have to take your hats off to them and, and say they've always been there or thereabouts. And haven't quite made it, and um, but you know they've, they've they've got a very very good squad. It's good to see somebody like Frank Lampard in charge. I'm delighted that that regime is a few of them now coming out of it and taking up management. Which you know, as I've said it before, I was concerned at one time that not not them, not a, not enough of them are, are going into the the coal face. A lot of them are doing the media. Um, so for that generation, it's good to see that there's a, and Frank being one of them, it's good to see. So after tomorrow, I wish them all the best. Okay, since we, we last spoke to you, you've brought in your head of recruitment, you've added to the uh, recruitment staff with two people. Yeah. What's the thought process behind doing that now? What's the thought process? Well, it's for me, arguably, the biggest part of management is recruitment these days. Can you buy well? Can you get good value for money? And of course, as a manager, you need a hand. You can't be in a game on a Saturday to watch a player. So you need people who you are tried and trusted. And in, in David Downs in particular, I, uh, I, I made him chief scout of Aston Villa when we had all the problems. And for a short while, for six months, um, we worked very, very well. And, uh, and I like what he did. You know, I promoted them from the academy to the first team, and um, and the rewards were were instant. Really, you know, we brought in some good players in difficult circumstances, i.e., loan players. McGinn is another one. So um, I was delighted to, to be able to bring him here, and um, and that goes for Dean too. He he's more um, analyst type who does that, 
in logs everything that we've done too and it's something which the chairman has bought into too so I hope to have by the end of the season four or five on the road and I only keep four or five I'd rather work with a small number rather than have hundreds but I do think it's a crucial part of any club is recruitment and um, as I said the chairman's bought into that and we've always seen the benefits you know we've got two lone players and um, and bought I offer for 200,000 so there there lies the proof from the outside looking in is the fact that you've made these appointments meaning there might be positive news regarding the embargo which the chairman has mentioned for March if you're planning some quite significant structural changes to the recruitment we've got a lot out of contract and we've got you know so we might have to sell one or two that becomes becomes part of the equation so but we've still got our team together so whichever way we go around it as I've said you know we've still got big discussions to have with the chairman but we're all aware the supporters are aware I think the chairman's said that openly and honestly that financial fair play is but that's half the championship believe me we're not alone in it and um, you know it, it's for any big club really it's a it's a problem that we all face unless you've got a parachute payment once then parachute payments runs out for the ones like my previous club then we're all you, you you're you're in you're in trouble with it prior to your arrival the club um, used Amadou Prachau quite a lot yeah. regarding its transfer dealings given your new structure does that yeah. mean he'll do less the same he'll be he, look he's um He's part of the club. He's a part of the structure of the club, and uh, and if he can help us with someone, but I think he's aware too that you can't you can't know every player in the world, no matter how good you are, and uh, and I think he's he'll benefit from it too. So you know we'll work together with it. He's you know he's, he is part of the fabric of the club. There's no denying that, and uh, if he can help us, then great. And the more we have, the more eyes and ears you have, then obviously. The better, the better concerned. How important do you think it is, Steve, that this club starts to again look for those gems? <laughs> well, I mean, look, look. I mean, it's like all sorts, and you know, the one thing I try and pride myself on as a manager too is maybe that old school value is that you. It's not just all about spending money. You know, you've got to look after the club and look after the finances, and that's part of a manager's job too. You know, and. Uh, if you can unearth one, you know, then then the club will only benefit. You know, can we find another McGinn? Who we found a Villa? Can we find another Robertson? Can we find a Klukas? Can we find a Harry Maguire? You know, all of these ones are part and parcel of it. That's what we're looking for, and that's what we'll try and achieve. I think if you if we just go back right to the start of February when Steve Bruce started and what we'd kind of hoped for from that first month. Um, for there even to have been talk, and I think it was silly, but it was there, talk of, of Wednesday reaching the playoffs uh, and Steve Bruce getting a Manager of the Month nomination within that, that month, you could have asked much more, really. Uh, with you know, we, We've just talked about what trying circumstances got with injuries and other issues, and there's been so much else going on within the, within the club. Um, that's, that's, pretty, that's a pretty good first month, that. Very much so, yeah. And seven games, three wins, four draws. Uh, I think they've only conceded three goals in the last eight matches. So they've gone back to basics. They've tightened things up defensively. There's good organisation and structure, uh, which certainly wasn't there in the first half of the season. And um, there's been some good individual performances and uh, and also games where the two home matches with Swansea and Brentford really stand out, where you were seeing, I think, a bit more of uh, hopefully the blueprint going forward of what Steve Bruce is looking for in terms of identity and the style of play, what he wants to implement in the long run. Uh, and so very encouraging signs. I suppose if you're nitpicking, there were those matches where mm -hmm. Reading home should have been three points. Millwall was perhaps a missed opportunity. And, and in the end, Rotherham was definitely a point gained. Yeah. But, oh yeah, I think certainly, um, <laughs> considering he's only been in the job for five weeks or so, I, I, I think uh, you know he's still unbeaten. And uh, I, think you, you know, I think you've got to be very satisfied with how things have gone. 
Yeah, it uh, really is. Congratulations, by the way, to Steve Bruce on that Manager of the Month nomination. We'll not talk about who won it. We'll move on. Um, yeah, so still unbeaten under Steve Bruce. A couple of really big tests coming up in the next week. Um, and obviously United at, at, at home is... It, it's a derby game and we kind of talk about the fact that rules go out the window. So I'm going to put up an argument here that probably the uh, Derby County game on uh, on Saturday tomorrow is, is probably going to be the most difficult game yet for Steve Bruce. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that um, because it's an important one for Derby. Yep. They won a bad run until in a vital midweek victory over Wigan and they, they showed some character there. They've come from behind and got the job done and they've got some really good attacking players of Derby that you know Frank Lampard had borrowed from, from his, uh, you know, and used his contacts from Chelsea and Mason Mount and Harry Wilson's been... For me, one of the the best players uh, in the league this year, and, and so certainly Wednesday, I have to be very wary if they give a set piece away anywhere in and around the box. Harry Wilson can do some serious damage there, and then Jack Marius up front. Uh, I also rate, think he's decent. So Derby's got good players. I think actually they should be doing a bit better. I saw a weird quote, I think, last week from Frank Lampard where he was almost trying to take the pressure off his players by going, um, oh, we we weren't really looking at top six this season. Mm. I'm thinking, hang on, with the money that you've spent on Marriott, Joseph Soon, the loans that they brought in, that's nonsense. I'm not buying that for one minute. So uh, they're seventh at the moment. And yeah, Derby, he's under pressure to, to for them to finish in the top six. And they Derby are a bit like Wednesday in the... They've also got their financial concerns that they have to think about. So uh, Derby is also a ground where Wednesday haven't done well at mm-hmm. all. Um, in, in, you know, I think you're going back to 2006 for the last time Wednesday won at Pride Park, right. uh, and I certainly haven't seen. <laughs> I certainly haven't seen them win. In fact, the best result I've ever seen was the the two all. Uh, Reader Johnson, the first game back in the Championship under Dave Jones. Yeah. So uh, hopefully. Wednesday will put in another strong performance, but it's going to be a big test. I, I definitely take a point right now. Oh, no doubt about that at all. Um, Derby fall into that category of just being, um, you know, the ultimate underachievers. Season after season, Derby uh, are always kind of you know up there or thereabouts on people's predictions at the start of the season. Yet they never quite live up to expectation. Although, I mean, the sum of their parts is good. It's a good squad. They've got good players. Um, you know, w- whatever you might think about him, Frank Lampard's going to inject a, a bit of something into um, into that dressing room. Um, and you probably would expect them to be in the top six by um, by now. And, and it's not been uh, a hugely competitive championship, really. It's there for the taking, really, a top six spot. Um, you know, if, if Sheffield Wednesday managed to end February still being in with a shout, then, um, you know, for teams like Derby, that's um, that's going to be a real, um, a real kind of you know, sticking point for them. But... Um, Difficult time to be playing them. We've talked about the injury issues we've got. We've talked about the lack of options that we've that we've got. Um, it's not quite a case of the team picking itself, but the the options are, are kind of limited. It's not about a matter of you know who's going to win the battle for this position. It's just a matter of which way does Steve Bruce go with it. Um, as you mentioned, Derby not great form of 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 late. Bit of a dodgy um, a dodgy run. Um, I, I saw bits of the game against Nottingham Forest, uh, which. I didn't think that there were anything special, and I've seen some of the highlights back from the game in midweek, which, as you mentioned, really important. By the way, cracking goal! Oh, that Mason game. Bennett, that what was unbelievable. That was. That's goal of the season contender. That it's it incredible. is, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of the you watch it and you think, oh, that's all right, and then you see it again and you just think, how is that possible? It's like it's 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 unhuman. It's just it's stunning. If you've not seen it, have a look at it on um, uh, dig it out on social media or on the highlights because it's uh, it's well worth uh, it's well worth seeing. Yeah, I'd agree with you. Take a point. Um, in terms of memories of this game, I'm, I'm going to mention something that you've just referenced, actually, uh, which is uh, first game back in the championship. Um, I'm sure... Were you in the press box? For, yeah. For that? Oh, okay, so way it was, what was it, like eight, 9,000 something Wednesday yeah. uh, fans that got tickets for that. And I still don't understand how that happened because Derby afterwards said, we're never doing that again. And I was like, what? it was just crazy. Um, and that, um, that moment with the bounce 
where you could feel the entire stand shaking. And it, it was just, you know, it was kind of, it was goose pimps kind of stuff. Yeah. It was incredible atmosphere. Um, we, we went 2-0 down quite early on in the game, and we were all kind of looking at each other going, can we go back to League One? It's quite hard, this championship business. And then that cracking goal from Chris O'Grady that got us back in the back in the game. Opposite end of the pitch, didn't have a great view of it, but uh, brilliant, brilliant goal when you watch it back. Um, and then I think Wednesday had a goal disallowed quite late on. A um, couple of chances... And, and we're really on top as the as the game was was ending, looking for that um, for that equaliser. And of course, it happens really late on. I think it was just was it just an injury time. Um, and and of all people, Reader Johnson, legend, loved by the uh, the Wednesday fans, scored that. And it was you kind of people joke about limbs in the away end. I've never seen anything like that. There was my friend ended up like three rows in front. There were just people flying about all over the place. It went absolutely crazy. Brilliant moment. Helped by the fact first day of the season. Gorgeous sunny day as well. Yeah, it was beautiful it's sunshine. Day. Just an amazing, amazing, um, amazing day. Brilliant and um, yeah, really, really good. I, I also think back to opposite end of the spectrum. Um, and everyone talk about it. That that game on Wednesday threw away that three-one lead in yeah, injury time. Real. Um, and that that was a, a terrible season for for Wednesday. And just that game probably summed it all up. Actually, that was um, that was awful. Any other games that stand out for for you against um, against Derby? Uh, I wasn't actually there, but uh, seeing the goal back from Barry Bannon in the yeah. one-all, that was uh, outstanding. They always look better when they go in off the crossbar as well. That I wish I'd actually been there live to have seen it. Uh, yeah, that was... It, 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 that, that was a good performance and that was a cracking goal. That was good, actually. And I remember um, at full time, both sets of fans singing to each other, see you at Wembley, which obviously didn't happen. But um, it, it was that season where Derby were up there or thereabouts for the entire season, Wednesday making that um, kind of late push and getting into the playoffs. So, um, you know, it was um, it was it was a good game. That that was another really sunny day, if I remember correctly. It was, it was a, yeah. It was a good one. That uh, Right then, Tuesday night, Bolton. Well, probably. I don't know. They're having tough times. Um, the last I heard, their game on Saturday was still in doubt as to whether or not they could actually um, pull off the security that they needed for it. So uh, we'll assume that it's going to go ahead. Um, I, I don't know whether it's a good time to be playing Bolton. Um, as I said earlier, you kind of think that it gets to the point where it's such a desperate situation that as manager, it's an easy team talk. You just you just say, look, you know what? Everything's against us. There's no pressure. You know, Everyone expects us now to go down. We're probably going to get point deductions or whatever. Go out there and just win this game. And, yeah, players are playing for professional pride and uh, they are on a, on a bad run themselves but it, it, it must be difficult sometimes to motivate yourself when you're not getting paid and and, when, you know, for, and for the coaching staff and the players there it's one heck of an ordeal that they've gone through and it can bring you together of course but then to actually try and game after game and when results are not going your way to sort of come through that I think it's hard to to sort of carry on doing that over and over again so really until they get taken over and are out of Ken Anderson's hands then I think it's a case that they can't really move on and and draw a line under what's been a pretty miserable season but it right now I mean you'd have to say along with Ipswich they look to to go down it's going to take um an unbelievable finish for them to stay up now and th- there is a lack of quality when you actually look at their squad I think they've they've got a couple of you know, half decent attacking players but they've struggled for goals all season and Wednesday really owe them one after what happened there last year when they lost 2-1 and that, that was a pitiful performance too and in fact that was when um, the, the, the fans there were what, nearly 5,000 there and they really turned on Carlos Carvalho on that day. I think yeah. that was, yeah, it was a bad performance. And um, yeah, I, I think Wednesday certainly owe them one for that. And that's why I, I believe actually that if they get a point at Derby, and most people, the bookies, will have Wednesday as the strong favourites for to get a win at Bolton. Um, if they get four points from the next two away games, I'd be delighted. Yeah, I'd be really, really chuffed. To be honest, I wouldn't be unhappy with three. Uh, and I don't think that two would be the end of the world because that would still keep that unbeaten, um, unbeaten yeah. run going. I think two, um, pretty much, though, that would signal the end. That would probably end. be the minimum. And that then would mean that Steve Bruce would have sort of eight, nine matches left to experiment, try different formations, look at different personnel. Yeah. So I think that's what we would see then from the, the, you know, the remaining games. 
It's another ground that Wednesday generally don't have a great record at, particularly in recent years. You mentioned last year. I think we lost there twice last year, didn't we? Was it the Cup three game last two, year? 3-2, yeah. Um, where we were, we were 3-0 down playing some pretty awful stuff. Jordan Rhodes scored a couple of late goals to, to kind of give a bit of hope, but it was another really kind of poor, poor performance, that. Um, and I, I was trying to think back, actually, to um, remembering uh, last time. I'm, I'm sure there was a, a win in, in recent memory at Bolton, but I can't. It's, it's kind of, I mean, they've yo-yoed, haven't they? They've been up and down and up and down. Looks like they're going to go back down again. Uh, in terms of memories, I um, I do remember very well the game on Boxing Day there, which again, I think was the same season as the Derby game, first season back in the in the championship. Uh, do you remember Sidibe, who, yes. uh, who scored He's the one uh, and only goal? Yeah, I, re- I remember that game more for the fact that it was Boxing Day. So I, I went with a couple of friends um, and... I look back now and think, I don't know why we decided to do this, but we went dressed as blue and white Santas. Um, and obviously at Bolton, it's you either park at the ground um, and then you have to stay behind for about four and a half hours afterwards because you can't get out, or you park on one of the industrial estates, which are kind of, you know, uh, anything from half a mile to a mile away from the ground and, and walk down. Um, and then it still takes you four and a half hours to get to the motorway afterwards, so you don't really gain anything. Um, but um, we, we parked about a mile away and, and just had to walk through the, the streets of Horwich, which is uh, is where it's... Uh, uh, is where the stadium is uh, dressed as blue and white Santas because we didn't actually bring a change of clothes to get changed in the ground or anything. So uh, I bet we you were freezing. We looked like pillocks. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, but um, it was a good a good day out that and um, I think was that uh, that was a win, wasn't it? We won it that was. Game that was a one nil. So that might have been the last time that we I th- won. I think it could have been. And yeah, for memory, that was a big win because Stuart Gray was in charge. Uh, was he in charge? Oh no, he was da- no Dave Jones was. I've got it confused. Yeah. They went on a good run around that point where it looked as if Dave Jones' his job might be under threat. And then I think they got a couple of very good wins in and around that Christmas period, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Uh, to then sort of propel themselves away from uh, you know the bottom three. So, uh, yeah, hopefully more of the same. That's what we want for next week. Absolutely. Right then, on to our opinions. Every week we ask for your views on something Sheffield Wednesday. Could be something current, past, Something completely random. Um, so last time around, we asked whether Liam Palmer should get a new deal. Now, um, this was, I think this is a really good time to do it because he's been in a really interesting form of, of lit and some really good views about it as well. Uh, we got just under 1,500 votes on Twitter. 76% of people saying yes. Now, that's pretty conclusive. We're not talking kind of, you know, Brexit margins here. That's over three quarters, so over a thousand of those votes saying that Liam, Liam Palmer should get a new contract, which is what you were saying last week. A resounding week. victory for It me. is a resounding victory. I've got to admit, I mean, I know I kind of argued the point last week that we need some squad churn, we need to move some players on. Palmer has been playing well and does seem to have really responded to whatever Steve Bruce is doing. Um, and it's difficult to argue with the case of him getting a new contract. And there's actually, I'll, I'll come on to it a bit, someone made a point about the fact that if we, if we do release Liam Palmer, we still need to bring in someone to, to play there. Uh, with the constraints around the club, that generally means we're going to be looking for someone that's out of contract that doesn't involve a transfer fee. Um, and in terms of kind of, you know, proven at this level players who are going to be out of contract that can play in a couple of different positions, there's probably not going to be anyone better around than Liam Palmer. Um, it sort of sounds like you've done a bit of a U-turn I wouldn't, I wouldn't quite say that. You know, I stand by... My point, I think, stands, which is that we do need squad churn. Liam Palmer's been here for a long time and um, there's been periods where he's really underperformed during that that that, that period. Um He's he's turned it on of, of late, and, and I've got to go on the basis of the fact that whatever Steve Bruce is doing is working for Liam Palmer. So I guess what I'm saying is, if you get, I, I, I'm not going to argue with him getting a new deal. I, I I don't think it would be unfair, and I don't think it would necessarily be um, be foolish. I take your point on the squad churn, uh, but I think when you look at the bigger picture of the other players who are out of contract, the fact that Liam Palmer has shown that he's capable of playing in more than one position. I think that's a huge string to his bow. There are other players who are out of contract who either haven't contributed or who only play in one position. And so for that reason, Liam Palmer's proven that he's going to be a, a good squad player. And also, look at the, look at the record. Right, he was in the squad that made back-to-back playoffs, so he's not become a bad player overnight. And it so happens that he is in a real purple patch and a good rain, you know, vein of form. And uh, next year, if should Wednesday keep him, offer him a new deal, he decides to stay, 
it, it's whether he can again push on uh, as he's going to have to be hitting these heights all the time if he's going to keep his place in the team when you think of Dominic Ior for coming in Morgan Fox and then there's a few other players who knows what will happen with Ashraf Lazar um, so there will be a few players that will be knocking on the door for players themselves yeah absolutely and we touched on it earlier but I kind of feel we've got to heart back to this because I probably didn't really say anything about it but um, I was nervous about Liam, Liam Palmer played well when he went to left back against Brentford I was nervous about him playing there against United it was the right choice it was the right with the options that we had uh, but as we mentioned earlier we know the kind of team that United are and the way that they break down those wings and the pace that they've got and um, the, the the almost telepathy they have between players which is hard for a defender to read so I was nervous about it and he had a cracking game on Monday he really did have a good game Liam Palmer on um, on Monday and um, for a position that um, someone pointed out on Twitter he has played once before in a pre-season game a couple of years ago he played left back apparently um, but you know beyond that a position that he's not that familiar with he's um, a couple of really really good performances there and he really deserves uh, it really deserves credit for that so um, big well done to Liam um, some of the views that we got through then on um, our opinions and we got loads and I apologise we're not going to have a chance to run through everyone's views but um, so Liam has changed Elliot Green's mind he was going to say no but after the last couple of games he would give him an extension uh, Mark Younger can't fault him since Yoss left but worried he's another new you now this came up a few times about um, we, we, we saw at the back end of last season this upturning form from Ratty new you he got a new contract he's not done a lot since yeah, um, I mentioned that last week, and, and yeah. I think that is in the back of your mind if you're Steve Bruce and the coaching staff. That would be, I think, the only real reservation for you in whether you decide to offer Liam Palmer a contract or not. Uh, ben Savage said he's Wednesday through and through. Give him another year. Um, Luke Askham says not a prayer. He's not a top six player. Um, setting stall out there that um, next season should be uh, all about top six. Uh, Will Armitage, this is harsh, says uh, it should be a hurdler the way he jumps out of tackles. Bye. Um, Joseph saying Defo deserves a new contract. Paul Newby, good point here, which is what I alluded to earlier. It was Paul's point, uh, which is we're a bit restricted on who we can replace him with, which I think is a fair point. We're, we, you know, we're looking to build a squad um, and he even if Liam Palmer is not going to be um, first choice right or left back next season, um, he, he has probably got a real um, part to um, part to play. I reckon at this point, we should hear from the guy himself. Let's, let's go hear, for it. Let's yeah. hear from Liam Palmer. From since the manager's came in, he's obviously a defender himself when he played, and I think he takes a lot of pride in, in that defensive work, not only as a defence, like that four, back five with uh, whoever's in goal, but the whole team. Um, Seeing us being a bit more sort of aggressive when we're pressing from sort of restarts to goal kicks, things like that, and that that helps massively when you know it comes down to keeping clean sheets or staying in the game. It starts from the front and it's it ends with us. If if you can stop it at source, then it makes our life a lot easier. So. It's interesting, isn't it? What we've seen this season, quite in a quite an extreme way, the game plan. So Wednesday we're conceding goals. The record was, was terrible. Cut off point. Now look at it. It's up there with with the best in the division. Yeah. And how things can just change because you're asked to do different things. I think that's what it is, and I think it's a mindset. Like I say, not only from the defenders, but right throughout the team. Little relationships, your strikers working together, fullbacks working with the wingers, and, and getting the understanding that if I maybe go in with my kind of opponent, you've got to track the fullback, and it's getting everyone tuned into doing that. And if if one person doesn't do it, and then you're in trouble. So I think. You know, everyone's bought into that. We all kind of recognise we needed to be more solid and stop, you know, conceding goals, maybe running out, and we perhaps don't need to try to force the issue a bit. But yeah, I think it's worked well since the new manager's came. I would say you must be exceptionally proud of the clean sheet record recently. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as a defender, that's that's what you want first and foremost before you. Obviously, you want to attack as a fullback and you want to get forward. But yeah, the clean sheets are the most important. Do you think that gets forgotten sometimes? Because there's such a store when people talk now about fullbacks and how that role has changed. Because you know, 15 years ago, the fullback could barely cross the halfway line. Now it's like, well, if you don't get forward, what are you doing? Yet, clean sheets the first thing. Yeah, you've got to build on that sort of foundation. Keep the back door shut first of all, and and when the opportunity does present itself, it might be you know two, three, four times. But rather than going every time, better to go a couple of times and. and and make your presence felt further up the pitch than just run up for the sake of it and leave you. I mean, you win, you're in behind, so you have to bear that in mind as well. 
So we've seen you play right back, we've seen you play right wing back, we've seen you play central midfield, we've now seen you play at left back. Yeah. As, a, as an experience, how, how does that differ then? Um, it's not too dissimilar. I think um, with the ball, it kind of gives you an extra dimension in terms of come back on your right foot, you've got maybe a pass inside that on your left foot you can't find, you've got a diagonal. There's a few other options that you know present themselves. I think in terms of having to play right back and left back, defensively not just your body shape and you moving your feet on it in a different way, but that's not a problem. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't mind it. Yeah, quite quite enjoy. You know, I don't mind either. To be honest. I suppose it gives the manager something else to think about when he's deciding who he wants to be in the starting eleven from one week to the next, given the the competition at fullback in the squad. Yeah, it can be. It can be. I mean get asked to play wherever and, and you're going to do it and, and do it to the best of your ability and that's all I've ever tried to do whatever position I've been asked to play so you're still in there points wise playoffs could still happen what, what's possible between now and the end of the season um well I think the, the deficit's been sort of halved in the last few weeks and we give ourselves you know a fighting chance if you like but I think I know it's a bit of a cliche everyone says it don't they but game to game and, and just that you know um looking at the next opponent, seeing what we can do, how we can affect affect them and, and impose ourselves on them and, and, and still a lot of games to be played so uh, we'll just keep it hopefully ticking over and, and you know slowly slowly creep up towards what hopefully is a strong finish to the season. And the next opponent then Derby County, they've just had a bit of a slump but won in their last match. What what are you expecting from them tomorrow? I think Going there is always a, a tough test, especially Sheffield Wednesday over the years. Um, you know, it's it's one of those places where we've not had that much success in terms of winning. Hopefully, we can change that um, tomorrow. Um, like you say, they're obviously still in a great position in the league. Um, they'll be looking to, you know, kind of get back on track from from a couple of you know dodgy results, but they won the last game, so they'll be they'll be bang at it. And uh, I might be one of the only people in this room that's seen you score. Yeah, it'd be nice. Uh, like I say, the clean sheets are more my priority. But yeah, um, you, you, yeah I had a little shot in, in the derby. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. Um, I just blame the fact that I have to stay back from corners and deal with the counter attacks. You know, um, it'd be nice to get up there and get a little tapping. You know, one of them that just falls to you. But no, I think um, you can keep trying to get forward in advanced positions and. And uh, yeah, never know. Liam, what is the mood like in your interest room now after eight matches and leaves? Um, the mood's great. I think it has been pretty much a lot of the season. Uh, more so, obviously, now things are going in the right direction, and and um, it's, a, it's a great bunch of lads. I mean, I've obviously seen a lot of squads here, and this is this is up there in terms of you know the chemistry and things between the boys, and, and I think that really does show. Especially in our recent performances, yeah. And how, how have you found working with Steve? He's only been here for five weeks or so, but yeah. how, what's it changed? How, how I think it started when obviously uh, Clem and Aggers came in, you know, um, at the same time, just when he got announced. Obviously, we had the month uh, without the manager, and, and they installed a lot of things that the managers then took on and carried on. Um, so they've been great to work with, um, their attention to detail and what they want you to do. and and a lot of things out there on the training pitch what um, you know are geared towards the opponents that we're playing so you always feel well prepared and you, and you feel like you know exactly what's required. You said that you've got a finding chance you still think of getting into the playoffs but how defined is this period of three matches you've got before the next international break? Yeah I think I think to carry on the momentum that we've kind of built up is crucial really if we are to obviously finish strongly and um, yeah, with three games in a week, it, you can turn a season round for any, whichever way you look at it. So, um, yeah, well, like I said before, uh, take each game as it comes, and, and hopefully we can come out at the end of the week with, you know, a nice points tally. Yeah. And coming back to you, I mean, do you feel that you're in maybe the best form of your amateur career at the moment? Possibly, yeah. I think, um, like I said, it kind of ties in with playing regular, um, which I've not done for you know a couple of years now. So. Um, and just having that confidence, being given that confidence from um, the manager and his staff and 
and just taking that and, and yeah, carrying on. I think that's it. They've played in 17 in a row now. So mm-hmm. is that what made the difference and what's benefited you from having that long run in the team? Yeah, definitely. I think also when the team's uh, sort of playing well as well, it um, kind of goes hand in hand. Um, obviously the form's turned around and we've, we've proven that we're kind of hard to beat and, and uh, when you're in when you're in that starting sort of mix that it does make it uh, a little bit easier to, to keep to keep going and keep pushing. And you're one of several players that are out of contract at the end of the season. How do you see your future? What would you like to happen? Yeah obviously I'd love I'd love to stay here obviously I've been here since a little boy. Um just concentrate on obviously doing my best for the team, playing well and, and leave that to the uh, you know the club and, and my my representatives to sort something out and obviously yeah, I love the club and mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been here all my life so it'd be nice to you know to uh, to stay definitely. Are you hoping that it gets sorted out sooner or later? Um yeah, I mean yeah, it's always in the back of your mind but you know, the concentration for me is just continuing to play and, and, mm-hmm. and continuing to play well. Um and hopefully that will take care of itself. And what has the message been from the manager to you? What he expects and what he wants from you. Yeah, the message really is to pretty much everyone is he demands hard work. Uh, he's a big believer in the, the stats and um, <clears throat> the running figures uh, after each game. And he demands just, you know, hard work above anything else. Um, and, and kind of in this division, that if you kind of outrun the opposition, not just like in, in a general sense, but the, the high intensity and things, that you, you generally come out with the points, and that's what. Uh, we've been keen to try and maintain uh, throughout these last run of, run of games. And if you don't quite make it on promotion from this year, how confident are you that Steve is, is going to be the right man to with his pedigree to, to take it? Yeah, obviously in the, in the short space of time he's been here you can see the, uh, the sort of progression we've made as, as a squad in a short space of time. Um, so yeah, definitely we're going in the right direction and, and um, you know, one, one next year to sort of look out for. I, I do feel I do feel a little bit bad for for saying he shouldn't get a contract last week because I really like Liam Palmer. I think the fact that he's a Wednesday fan, all these different things, and um, some really good points on Alpinions uh, this week. So thank you very much for those. Um, so what are we going to go for this week? I know you've been having a bit of think about this. Well, it's nice, easy, straightforward one. I think really with eleven matches to go, I think we should keep it nice and simple. Uh, don't have to reinvent the wheel, do we? So, what with eleven games to go, what would represent uh, a good finish for Wednesday? Okay, and um, do you want to do that as a poll, or do you want people to just tweet us there what, what their you know, their position, their number? Well, I, I don't want to overdo the poll. The All poll right. was good last week. I reckon we we should just yeah for, go for a number specific. A number. I think so. This All week, right. let's keep it nice and simple. So, I'm going to go with tenth. I was going to say 10th. Oh, no, hang on. We, we didn't even talk about that. No, <laughs> I got there first, so I'm afraid you'll have to go for another number. Oh, right, okay. Oh, do I go higher or lower than 10? Uh, what's a good... All right, I'll be honest. I, I would say that 11th would still be a good finish for Wednesday. Anything that's top half. Who's going to disagree with you there? I, I think, yeah, most Wednesday fans, if you ask them, I think if you're getting a top half finish, and bearing in mind, we mentioned this last week, that... There are some tough games to come, starting yeah, no. with Derby away and Norwich and Leeds away. So you would imagine Wednesday's uh, unbeaten run is going to have to come to an end at some point. There will be a slip-up or two along the way. That's nah, not... no, 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 it doesn't. Nah. Unbeaten for the rest of the season, we'll storm the championship next season. You've just heard it here first. <laughs> um, OK, so 10th and 11th. So, um, you know, we're both you know, just slightly higher mid-table there. I'm sure there'll be some people out there that are still confident of making a push for that top six. Um, it'll be interesting to get people's views because, as you say, there are some tough games. You know, we, we could go on a really bad run. It's 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 not out of the realm of possibility that um, we're not necessarily looking over our shoulders, but it's it's very much that kind of bottom end of the table that ends up being the, uh, the mini-league that we're um, involved in. So um, joining the conversation, use the hashtag Alpinion. 
questions. We'll give you our Twitter details in um, in just a bit. And uh, we'll mention some of your thoughts uh, next Friday and we'll set another uh, new Alpinions. Um, just to mention again from last week, if you do have an idea of something that you'd like us to do on Alpinions, because uh, we've got an international break coming up, so a couple of weeks there where uh, there'll not be so much kind of current stuff going on. So anything that you think would make a good future Alpinions, then just drop us a line. Um, that's just about it. Thank you very much for joining us. You can catch Dom on Twitter at Dom Housen. I'm on Twitter at James Marriott. You can contact the show at Dom and James. Um, thank you very much for your uh, feedback over the last couple of weeks. Please do keep that coming. Please subscribe to us in your podcast app of choice to make sure that you get the new episode of Singing the Blues every week. Up the owls, and we'll see you next Friday. Yeah.